this is an old story that we all have read, we've heard of it many, many, many times. And that is what we just want to go through this evening. How things went wrong. How things went wrong from being so comfortable in a wonderful garden, being visited by God, having a tete-a-tete -tete talk with God in the evening. You can imagine God just walking into the garden. Adam, what have you done today? And they begin to charge together or with each other, all to the point now that they had to be driven out of the garden and God pronounced the judgment. We want to look at this and be able to just to extract few things which the Lord has laid on my heart. The scripture says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals. Somebody would think being crafty means being dubious, but no. Every skilled worker needs craftiness to be able to excel. So God has given the subject, that precious gift. And if we have read the scriptures, we will see that the Satan wanted to be like God. And he was driven out of heaven. And in fact, it was said, woe unto you the earth, for the enemy has come to you. You can imagine Satan being a spiritual person, now entering into serpent, using the special talent God has given serpent, to walk against God's plan. <clears throat> so the first thing we'll look at it here is this. The gift God has given us, how careful are we that we do not allow the devil to take hold of it to begin to use it against God's plan? The serpent was crafty. And because of craftiness, you will see the way he questioned. For anyone who has ever been to the court, I can remember in Nigeria, I've been to the court whereby I had to go and event perhaps my bank when we take those uh, borrowers who couldn't pay. And we need to take hold of their properties. You will see the barrister questioning you when you're in the dock. And they will send questions upon questions that if you are not very careful, 
you will begin to say things you never meant to say. That craftiness the devil used and the way the serpent questioned Eve was like Eve being in the dark. Did God really say? At times when we watch these court uh, episodes on the TV, they'll say, okay, can I know your name? As if they don't know your name. Can we know where you live? Tell me this, tell me that. Exactly. And the serpent also knew, the devil knew the best time to strike. Adam wasn't there. The Eve was the main focus. And he, the serpent knew if I could get Eve, then it is easier for me to get the work done. Eve was at ease, but was at a weakness, was very vulnerable. And the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. At our time of weakness, when we are at our lowest ebb, when we are highly vulnerable, what do we do to fortify ourselves from temptation? What do we do to fortify ourselves against temptation? And so the question asked by the serpent, did God really say this? Eve gave a much in-depth response. And the serpent was emboldened by the response. Jesus too, when he was hungry, remember, after 40 days fasting, he was very weak. That was when temptation came. That was when the devil took him. You have not eaten for 40 days. Turn these stones to bread. When you are weak, what do you do? Do we have prayer partners that we can pray with? That can pray with us? Who do we run to? Who do we, who can we call to give us that support? Iron sharpness, iron. Who can hold your hands when you are at the, the lowest ebb? 
your life. And even when this temptation comes, how do we respond? If we say temptation will not come now, it will surely come. And the devil, being very, very wise, will strike when he knows that you are very weak. How do you respond? Do you give him more room? Do you give him more response? Or give him more way in order for him to strike at you? Eve gave a response that emboldened serpent who is now being used by the devil to go more, to delve more into their affairs. And when Eve gave the response, no, God did not say that. He said we may not eat of this. I said, is that really true? Then he began to sow doubts into Eve's heart. Does it not really happen to us too in life? I can tell you all this will come when we are at our most vulnerable period in life. That is when you will begin to read the word of God and you begin to think, will this ever happen? God, where is your face in all this? Where are you? I have read you did this, you did this, you did this. Where are you? Will you be able to stand? Remember last year, we dealt with the issue of Daniel. When we went through the old book of Daniel, and one of the key things we realized with the three Hebrew men and Daniel was that they were firmly rooted in God's words. How firmly rooted are you in God's words? Our family rooted. And so, the response given by Eve emboldened the devil. And the devil now said, no, what God has told you is not true. It is not true. You can imagine. Deception now came in. What God has said is not true. Because he knows the very day you eat of it, you'll be wise. Wiser than you are. But there is something. Let us read what verses 6 to 7 says. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good, You know, he has now sold 
lies. And now the woman is now looking. I am sure must have been looking at that fruit before. And wouldn't have thought it was good. But having been sold lies, the woman now said, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. So, the tree was good for food, appealed to a physical appetite. As covetousness grew in her, there are other trees. Why this one? Secondly, that it was pleasant to the eyes, excited her emotional appetite. That the fruit was desirable to make one wise provoke an intellectual appetite. You can see physical appetite, emotional appetite, and intellectual appetite were activated. And she decided to try it. How often does it happen that what you never took cognizance of, the devil will just throw something at you and you began to look at it. And let us look, is that not the way it happens in life? I see a beautiful woman who I never, I will never look at twice. Then I began to look at it again. Oh, Pastor John is very beautiful. Oh, look at her ears. Oh, look at her dress. Oh, look at this. And then I be, what happens? I begin. That is how the devil starts. And you will see, firstly, it will be the physical appetite. The emotional will follow. So the devil promised good things. Your eyes will be opened. But after they've eaten, what happened? The reverse was the case. They were promised that they would be wise. They were promised beautiful things. And just like you know, it happens. If you've ever spoken to those who have taken drugs, oh, my friend said, when I take it, I'm going to be high. I will be this. Yes, you will be high. But after, what happens? You come back to where you started from. Even worse. It makes you worse. Took it, gave it to the husband. The husband also swallowed it, hook, line, and sinker. 
about eight. And now in verses eight to 13, God that will normally come to them to have, you know, that meeting, communion, let's chat together. The same voice that they will hear and they will run to the peasant. That same voice they hear now. What did they do? They went to hide. Sin exposes. This morning we heard about speaking the truth. At all times. And good enough, the speaker this morning also mentioned white lies. We said when we want to decorate sin, white, black. They add, and God called on them, where are you? It's not that God never knew what had happened. But it's God's way of bringing man to explaining why he was hiding. It was a way of God to say, maybe let them come, whether they will show the remorse. But rather, their responses to God's questioning wasn't of remorse. It wasn't of repentance. It was of shifting the blame. Shifting the blame. They never owed up to the responsibility God has given them. In life today, do we also shift the blame? Do we come to God whenever we fall short? Psalm 51, 16 to 17 says, you do not delight in sacrifice. Oh, I will bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. God will not despise. They didn't come to God with that heart of repentance. Rather, they came to God with, you know, the barrister's heart. I'm going to defend myself. It's not me. It's the woman you gave me. It's not me. It's the serpent. God asks the man, God asks the woman, but God never questioned the serpent because the serpent is of no value. God created you and I to have relationship with us. And therefore, as you will expect, Every action, every sin, there will always be what? Consequence. 
And God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cause are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. But look at verse 15. It says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and us. He will crush your head and you will strike his ill. Is you will crush your head, you will strike his ill. God, they are mentioning right from day one, God so much loved us. Was already talking about look, your own. Head will be crushed by the offspring of this woman. But only what you can do, the serpent, is to strike his heel. And when Jesus came, Jesus crushed the devil. Jesus crushed the devil. The best the devil can do to Jesus was to strike his heel. The pain that Jesus had to endure. God's promise of reconciliation started from day one that we sinned. How lovely is our God? How lovely is our God? And then he said to the woman, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. And this is a constant reminder that a woman gave birth to sin in the human race and genetically passes it on to all her children. But she can be delivered by raising godly children. And to the man, Verses 17 to 19 also said, because you did this, because you did this, and God pronounced judgment again. And man was condemned to a life of labor. And the cursed earth and also became subject to all the sufferings and miseries of life to death, and to the pains of hell forever. But our lovely God, right from the one, made a way of escape for us. And that way of escape is through his son Jesus Christ, which he has promised. So my my reflection on this is we have a hope. We have a hope. God might have pronounced the judgment, but if we come to Christ, 
These causes will not remain. If we come to Christ, and if we stay with Christ, we have a hope. So as we seated this evening, the question is, how how ready are you to ensure that you will not miss the hope that we have in Christ when we fall into sin do we blame others When God has said he has forgiven us, do we forgive ourselves? Do we forgive ourselves? And allow God's forgiveness to walk in us and to walk through us. God has promised and we have the word of God with us every day. But do we allow the devil to sow doubts, to sow fears into our heart that we begin to doubt his words, that we begin to feel unsafe despite God's promises? I want us to bow our heads. And let us have a thing. Those things that God has given us. How are we using those talents? Is it to the glory of God? Those gifts that God has given us. Are we allowing the devil to take hold of it and use it to manipulate and work against God's plans? Are you using your gifts to the glory of God? And when we have come to sin against God, Do we come to him in repentance? That God, yes, I have sinned against you. I know I have done this wrong. Or we come with the attitude that it's not only me, others do it too. 
Yes, everybody sings, and we will continue to sing. That's no problem. Is that the attitude we bring when we come to God in repentance? In our vulnerable states, have you doubted God? Have you doubted his words? Or maybe at times you have even felt God cannot do this. The only thing I know God cannot do is that God cannot lie. There is no shadow of turning in him. So have you doubted his words? Have you taken your eyes off God's words and you've concentrated all your attention on the storm that is raging instead of concentrating or focusing on God? Let's come to ask God for forgiveness of our sins in whichever way. The promise is there that we are going to crush the serpent's head. But we cannot do it on our own. We need that strength from God, that enablement to be able to stand. As we heard this morning, despite Jesus facing death, He held on to the truth. On daily basis, as we walk, in a daily walk with our Christ, with, with, with our Lord Jesus, let's pray for that enablement, the Lord strengthen me. to be able to stand for you, to be able to do your will. God loves us so much, he covered our nakedness. 
let us ask for his help in everything that we do. Father Lord, we just want to thank you for this evening. Lord, we come to you. We know many times we get it wrong. But we ask for your forgiveness this day, Lord. Lord, we pray that you will give us that strength to be able to resist the devil and not to open up for the devil to strike. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to stand on your word. Help us that even when we are at our weakest points, O oh Lord, that the church will be able to stand and pray for us. Help us to stand. Unify us in love that we continue to pray for one another. Help us on daily basis, O oh Lord, to be your ambassador, to continue to crush the head of the devil. In your judgment, Lord, remember mercy. Remember your mercy and let your mercy overwhelm us. Thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.